Good morning and welcome to this week's Positive Recovery with Karina being made for www.sobertownpodcast.com and my YouTube channel Positive Recovery with Karina. And I'm coming from the comfort of my bed this morning. We're having a real lazy one. I've gone and got my cookie jar and have a little rumble around. And ah, this one's from Maka. And it is vigilance, not complacency. Yeah, this is a good one. Oh, we have to be vigilant the whole time. We cannot get complacent. So in very early sobriety, we are vigilant, aren't we? We're really looking out for all the triggers, all the warning signs. I would always recommend avoiding triggers in early days if you can. One of the great things about lockdown was that I was home alone and I didn't have to be out. I didn't have to be socialising. I didn't have to be going down the pub or to parties or to weddings with people drinking all around me. And that was a real, real bonus for me because in those early days, I just, you know, I could just lock away in my house and just get through it. Having said that, I wasn't on my own, although I was physically on my own. I was with the I Am Sober community, which is a great, great free app. If you're not already on there, then go and check it out. Your sober community is an absolute godsend. I loved I Am Sober. It's a free app. It's a great, great community. And from that, developed the SaberTownPodcast.com and also lots of um, unofficial Sober Zooms as well. There's loads of them now, men's only, ladies only. Um, Sabertown podcast. There's there's a lot of book club. There's so much on there. So I thoroughly recommend getting out there, checking that out, and connecting. Connection really, really is key, and it really, really helps you to stay vigilant and on your toes and on top of your game. Because sobriety is so much more than just putting down the drink. If we just stop the drink and don't work it, we are really white knuckling it. So we really, really have to work our sobriety. And you might go, oh, no, I've got to work more. But if you work as hard as your sobriety, as you do as you're drinking, then you'll be on to a winner. And you might think, oh, I don't really work that hard for drinking. Yeah, it's quite easy. I just open the bottle or the tin or whatever, and I sit back and I relax and I drink. No, that's not really the case, is it? We do have to work quite hard, especially when we get addicted. The hidden bottles, the sneaky little drinks here and there. Um, the conversation in our head about drinking, not drinking, drinking, not drinking, the hangovers, the falling asleep on the bathroom floor, the vomiting, the feeling ill, the trying to get through a day with the hangover from hell, trying to get to work feeling like absolute crap, trying to get out of bed even. So even if you're going to me, oh, I'm not addicted though, I'm not like that, I'm not hiding bottles, I'm not sort of topping up and sort of having a little sip here and there, I'm not sneakily drinking. I'm sure you've had a few benders where you've tried to get through the next day or you've been stuck in bed um, and it, it's hard work, it's hard bloody work. And actually it's easier in sobriety. The conversation and the addict voice isn't, the argument with that addict voice isn't, it, it, it is hard, it is very, very hard and the withdrawals, the physical, the emotional withdrawals and all the uncovering of all those emotions that are underneath. I always think as alcohol, like our, our um, comfort blanket, you know, it like covers us and protects us from the world and from our emotions, from our thought and all the nastiness that's going on and then we stop drinking 
and it's like someone's whisked our comfort blanket away and it's like, ah. and everything comes to us, even feelings and emotions. We have to sit there and think, what is that? What is that I'm feeling? And then we have to deal with it. But it's so much easier to do with the community. It's so much easier if you can reach out, if you can post, if you can comment, if you can read, read quickly, um, listen to podcasts. There's so much many out there now. Obviously, I'm going to recommend SoberTownPodcast.com. And and talking about that, it's, that, that website is so much more than just podcasts. There's loads of written stuff on there. There's before and after photos. There's just, just, just go and have an explore, have a little fish around and a shop around because it is amazing. There is so much on there. And it's a great, great place to start. And it will even recommend other things on there, like other podcasts, other Quicklet. Uh, there's loads and loads of stuff. It's a really, really good place. You know, if you're like, where do I start? Where do I start with all this? Then Sober Town is a good place. So is my book, of course. I've got to mention that. The A to Z of Alcohol and Sobriety by me, Karina Alderton, available worldwide on Amazon. A really, really easy, easy to read book. And you'll see lots of stuff in there, um, lots of headings that I mentioned in my podcast. But anyway, get back to being vigilant and work in your sobriety. You need to work, work, work it. You really, really do. And you have to be vigilant. And where I was starting with all this way back then, sort of five minutes ago, was I would avoid going out to those places. If you think they're going to be triggers, don't go. Really do not go. Why put yourself through extra stress and pressure? I would only now even now we're out of lockdown. If I was starting my journey now, I would still be avoiding those places. I'd, I'd avoid them like the plague. In fact, you could tell them you got the plague to say I can't come, I got COVID, you know? Oh, terrible, isn't it? But yeah, we can. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know that in, you know, when we're drinking, one of the things we'd be, we're, we're very sort of deceitful and we become quite big liars, which is something I hate actually, but I was a very deceitful liar when I was drinking. And so variety, we get really honest, but not all of us. And I was really honest, but not all of us feel comfortable with that. Not all of us feel comfortable going, no, I'm not drinking. I've been sober for a week. I've been sober for two weeks. I've not had a drink for a month. Um, the response I always got was very favorable. It really was. And it was like, wow, good for you. But we don't all feel comfortable in doing that. So if you have to make excuses, and if they're little white lies to keep you sober, and I think in the beginning, why worry? You know, just just do it. Make your excuses. Don't set yourself up to fail. You need to keep yourself safe. You really do. You need to have self-care and you have to be, you know, it's not a little bit selfish, really, and self-protecting. Because um, it's not, it is all about you in those early days. It really is because we have to, keep on the right track and so we have to really increase our vigilance and the thing is that after a while all those conversations that go around in our head of like should I have a drink I need a drink shall I shan't I shall I shan't I shall I oh god they're so exhausting you know put your shoes on to go to the shop take them off again because you don't want to <laughs> put your shoes on to go to the shop again don't want to I've actually driven to the shop before parked outside of it and then driven back home again. It's so, so tiring. Um, so, you know, we do have to be vigilant. We do have to look after ourselves and protect ourselves. But those voices and those conversations, you know, they, they get so much easier after time. I mean, I'm, what, I'm 27 months now. Yes, it is possible. 
Um, and that, again, is another reason we need our community because it's really weird, you know. I remember on my very first day, and I always say this about the lovely chef, 56, and he was stood there under these beautiful sunflowers and he was a year sober. And I was like, this is all the I'm Sober app. And I looked at him and I thought, wow, a year? How does anyone get to a year sober? And, but they do, because there he was, underneath sunflowers, and he was a whole year sober. And I'm like, well, they do it. And there's no jealousy in that. You don't think, oh, lucky them. You just go, it's a real inspiration. You're like, wow, he can do it, so can I. So find some inspiration as well to keep you going. Because after a while, we don't have um, those conversations going around so much in our head. So I'm 27 months, as I was saying. And I was out the other day at lunch. My, my partner was in Barts. He's very poorly at the moment. He was, so he's in Barts Hospital. And I decided to take myself out for my own self-care for some lunch. So I found this lovely vegan cafe, Stem and Glory, in London and all around the UK. I'm not sure about other places in the world, but... Beautiful if you're vegetarian and lots of gluten-free stuff as well. So I'm sitting in there and they sat me in this little corner table and I'm sitting there and it's like kind of to the left from the bar. and um, But I could see behind the bar and up in the rafters of this bar were all these bottles of wine. And I sat there looking at these bottles of wine and my little addict voice came in and went, you could have a glass of wine right now. Who would know? Oh my gosh. Where did that come from? And I was like, uh, you would know, Karina. And despite everything that's going on in my life right now, which is a little bit of a shitstorm, I have to say, um, I didn't want to numb. And that's the thing, isn't it? When I used to drink, I used to drink to numb, numb, numb. I wanted to be numb. I don't want to be numb now. I want to feel it all. The good stuff and the bad stuff. I can't imagine anything else, you know, worse than being numb. I have to be careful now if I take pain relief, take codeine, if I take too much, it numbs me and I don't want that. I just don't want to be numb. I hate the feeling now. But I did actually want the taste of the wine. So I kind of thought, hmm, perhaps I'll just ask for an alcohol-free glass of white wine. Because um, I do believe it's okay to drink alcohol-free, it, 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 but it's a personal thing again. Alcohol-free has never triggered me. Well, I don't drink it very much. I did initially... But boy, did I put on the weight because so much calories, more calories, I think, in alcohol-free drinks than there is um, alcoholic drinks because the sugar is still there and very, very alive. Um, so I did consider that, but then I just carried on sipping on my iced water and it went. And that all happened probably in the space of about 30 seconds, that whole conversation, which at the beginning, that'd probably be 30 minutes, wouldn't it? So it does get a lot, lot easier as we go on, but we still have to be vigilant. We cannot get complacent. My good friend Polly A and I often talk, we used to talk about in our podcasts about, um, you know, when we first start, the fear of never drinking again. Oh my goodness, how can I never drink again? And then in quite a short space of time, actually, I think I say six months, which might sound a long time to you starting out, but actually it doesn't, it goes very quickly. And you'll be at a year before you know it. You really will. Um, if you work it and keep on and keep resisting that addict voice. But we then said that after about six months, it's like you get that fear of ever drinking again. You really do. It's like, oh, my goodness. So you have to be vigilant all the time. Especially if you're drinking 
alcohol-free wine. I've caught myself in the past. I don't very often drink it, to be fair, anymore. In fact, I haven't for about a year, probably. Um, but I, I remember in that first year even, you know, after that fear of ever drinking again, I remember sharing, um, I was on holiday with my son, and um, they had red wine, and my brother was there, and my nephew and that, and they had, like, red wine. And I'd bought them, and Jack had gone, oh, mum, like, there's this bottle of... Um, alcohol free red you know get a bottle so I did have a bottle and it was quite nice but I was so paranoid of picking up the wrong glass it's like oh my gosh what if I pick up the wrong glass and I drink alcohol because it doesn't matter how far ahead any of us are we are only ever one sip away one sip away from that relapse we really are and that's what I fear. I, my, my sip, one sip would be my downfall. So I cannot get complacent. I cannot get cocky. I cannot get, oh, uh, look at me. You know, I'm okay. I'm cured. I don't class myself as an alcoholic. I do class myself as someone who had an alcohol addiction. I don't believe I'm addicted anymore because I've moved past that. I, don't, I no longer hanker for alcohol. I no longer even want alcohol. Apart from those very rare occasions when the little romanticising addict voice wants to hook me back in. But I'm no longer addicted. But if I was to have a sip, I would be straight back into that addiction spiral. So although I'm not working my... Like, what am I not working? I'm, I'm working my sobriety every day. I'm not working my addiction so much. I'm working my sobriety. That is the new me. I am sober. I'm not an alcoholic, I am sober. But it's different. These things are just words. They really are just words. And we all call ourselves different things. And we have to do what's right for us. We have to say what's right for us. We, do we even need to give it a label? Does it really matter what we call ourselves? It doesn't. What matters is that we recognise that we have a problem. We recognise that we need to do something about it. And that we want to do something about it. And we have to recognise that we do have a choice. And many people in addiction think, well, I don't have a choice and I'm powerless. But we always have some power. But again, these are just different ways of thinking, different ways of being. This is your journey. And you have to make it your journey and you have to do it in your way. But get a community, get connected, work, work, work it and find out what's right for you. Because do you know what we have to, we really have to work, we have to have a toolbox and we have to get so many resources in that toolbox that we can use. Because what will work for me may not work for you. Also, what may work for me one day may not work for me the next. So we have to have it um, there. We have to have all different things, not get complacent and stay vigilant all the time. And... I think that's really about it for me. I think I'm just going to finish with the addict voice. I've talked a bit about the addict voice because that's what we have to be aware of, our addict voice. It's there trying to convince us that it's okay to drink. It is our ego and it wants us to fit in and not miss out on anything. Some people give their voice a name. Winnie the Wine Witch, Dementor, Gin Genie, Booze Baron, Stacy, Pennywise. Just know it. Recognise it and have a plan for when it comes calling, because it will. You've done so well. Have one to celebrate. Go on, have one. One won't hurt.
And this is something I loved from another of my sabre friends who calls her addicted voice, Little Bastard. In the beginning, I envisaged a little spore demon, gremlin child throwing addiction tantrums. I could see Little Bastard stomping its foot and throwing itself on the ground, pounding out its fury. On bad days, I would pick that little shit up and spank the hell out of it and send it to the corner. Sounds abusive? Absolutely. I hated that thing. And I was so tired of it trying to convince me that I was better off dead. And that was Child Gypsy said that on the 16th of April 2022, 500 plus days sober. And that last little bit was from, from my book. Anyway, I hope that's helped. I hope you have a good day and a good week. And I'll catch you again real soon. Take care. Until then, not another drop, no matter what. Bye-bye for now.